Welcome to the Wolf Admin Podcast. Today's discussion is with Jessica Stoffel, the Director of Managed Vision Care Programs at VisionSource. We had a great conversation about optimizing our offerings so that patients can receive the maximum benefits from their vision plans. Please enjoy our conversation. And as always, if you want to get the most current episodes, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star review. Um, your role as the um, managed vision care director and kind of some of your history within the profession, your history um, within education, you know, what your education has been. I think that's really helpful to know kind of how that led you into, um, <clears throat> excuse me, how that led you into managing a practice. Um, and then really what I'm, I'm really interested in is how then has that kind of turned into with your new role with vision source is where you're seeing doctors, um, where they need the most help or they want the most help. And then where you're seeing them make the most kind of potential areas for growth or see the most potential for areas for growth as it relates to some of the managed care things and some of the things that you're working on. Okay. So that's kind of what I hope our, our discussion surrounds tonight. Um, so with that, uh, just thanks for being on the call and, um, and part of the podcast, I would love to kind of hear um, your your kind of background uh, as it relates to optometry and managing practices and how, how that has kind of evolved over time to your role within Vision Source. Well, uh, to give you kind of the, the Cliff Notes version of Jessica's resume, um, I my undergraduate degree was actually in journalism. And one of my best friends from high school was not, or going to optometry school, I should say, he wasn't quite an optometrist just yet, but on his way. And I ran into him after I had graduated and he said, Hey, Jess, I know you're working at a television station, but there's this great opportunity with this practice I'm going to buy into that I'm going to start working in as soon as I graduate. And I think that you're a patient there, which was also kind of funny because I'd been a patient since I was eight years old at this uh this mm. doctor's practice and um he was like I think you should go interview. So, you know, that just one thing led to another and um I interviewed to be their practice manager. And one of the things that the doctors, so there were three managing partners at that time and uh one Dr. Leet who actually started the business in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, he said to me, you know, we went to school to be eye doctors. We went to school to take care of patients. We did not go to school to manage a practice. And that has truly stuck with me. I mean, that was the interview, you know, so that was my introduction to this whole world. Mm -hmm. And that still resonates so true to me today. So that's where it started. I started managing uh, multi-location at the time. It was one location. By the time I left multi-location, multi-doctors, um, several staff. And while I was with that amazing group, um, they are a vision source practice, uh, practices, maybe I should say. And um, mm -hmm. very strong uh, group of doctors in Southeast Missouri. And now they've grown to several practices, actually in Tennessee and Texas, believe it or not. And wow. I learned, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're not surviving, they're thriving. And I, yeah. owe, I owe so much to them because they let me learn, they let me stumble, but they told me they'd never let me fall. And so um, while I was there, I actually got my CPO certification and I also got my MBA. Um, mm -hmm. again, going back to, you know, some of those things that they said that they wanted someone to truly manage their business. And, um, you know, they supported me through my MBA. And then I met my now husband who lives in St. Louis, which is about two hours away from 
where I'm from, which is in Cape Girardeau. And um, so moved to St. Louis and I started working for Estelor. So I was with Estelor for a couple of years as a brand sales consultant and um, did really well there. But as, as we're all familiar with the story, the fairy tale of, you know, Estelor and Vision Source, <laughs> and this, uh, this very unusual relationship. Um, I actually saw an opportunity to come back to Vision Source where I felt like it was really home. And I was a practice performance director. So in that position, I had the very unique opportunity to travel over eight states and just work with Vision Source practices. So shout out to our practice performance directors. Um, if you don't know who yours is, she is phenomenal. Um, you know, reach out to our home office, our <laughs> member service center. You know, they are great as well. So um, traveling and learning and understanding really what our practices needed. Um, but the same story was true from the day of that first interview that I had with the eye care was practices just needed help with managing the business. And what I've learned mm -hmm. is a lot of the business actually is, is rooted in managed vision care. So understanding those vision plans, how to correctly bill for them, how to correctly uh, discuss it with a patient so that you're you're getting them what they need and it's not about just the money side of things. Um, and then this very unique opportunity came about uh, last year to be the director of managed vision plan solutions. So it's quite a mouthful of a new title that I have. <laughs> um, but my whole role is centered around truly finding solutions and helping to educate our vision source member network on how to maximize profitability with vision plans. So it may not sound well, so I think that's pretty stuff, but <laughs> it's very, it's, it's no, very rewarding. I think it's important because, you know, one, we have a resource available to us, um, you know, really at, at an email and a phone call away to really help, uh, help guide us with some of the questions that we have. But, you know, in the managed vision care realm, um, and that's you, obviously. But I think what's also really helpful is that um, some of the strategies that, that you might have from a managed vision care standpoint, a lot of people kind of grumble about, about managed vision care in general. And yet, um, so many of us take it. And I always get the sense in my practice that it, and this has always been my philosophy is that if it wasn't worth it to take those, to take those plans, then we wouldn't take those plans. And so, um, so I think there's a lot of people that have sort of this love hate relationship with them. But the more I learn, um, the more it shows me that, you know, the more I think it's that you, you can, if you, if you don't like taking them, instead of griping about it, just figure out a way to do it better. And that's what I really love what you have done. So, um, so before we get into that, well, let's get into that, I guess, right now is, is what are the, some of the things that you've seen, um, where, uh, when you when you talk to different doctors where they're making mistakes with vision plans and kind of easy fixes like if you're doing these things um, then then you're really changing the game for yourself well I think the first piece of it is to really understand how much of your revenue that this part of your practice it, it consists of so what I try to help practices to understand is do you feel like you're seeing more patients and making less money you know, if the answer is yes, then most likely that's because you're working twice as hard to make up for the money that you're making maybe 10 years ago. And that has a lot to do mm -hmm. with the managed vision plans because we are taking such a reduction in those profits. However, those patients are much more likely to come back through our doors. They are much more um, 
committed to our practices. You know, they, they truly come back year after year. And a lot of that has to do with the vision plans. They feel like they're paying, they're paying for it. They're paying into it. They're going to come back. They're more loyal. But um, my encouragement to a practice is first understand how big of a part does this play in your practice? Because everybody wants to complain about it. Like you said, you know, we want to moan and we want to groan. But yep. until you really understand the role that it plays, do you really feel the need to change? And that's really the root of it is understand how big of a part does this, this part of your business play? And then how willing are you to change what you're doing? Because the reality is we yeah. all need to fix what we're doing because it is such a big part. So roughly 70% of OD revenue comes from a third party payer. That's your health, pay, you know, your health plans, your vision plans, government plans, private insurers, that sort of thing. So if you flip the numbers, you know, 30% or so, give or take, that's your, your, it's your cash pay. So there's not many of those people still walking around and walking into our practices, unfortunately. And that's the national mm -hmm. average. So look at your practice and then start to realize, okay, do I need to change? Are those numbers relevant to me? Does that make sense to me? And if the answer is yes, then let's start to look at what you're doing so that you can make a consistent reproducible process so that you're consistently maximizing profitability with your plans. And the first thing that I would do after that realization hits you and you decide and you commit to change is then start to evaluate the plans that you're accepting. Are you taking the SP? Are you taking IMED? Are you taking whatever those plans are, line them all out. And then understand what percentage of those plans you're taking in your, your practice or how many of your patients, maybe I should say, consist of each one of those buckets. Because then that helps you to put a true game plan in place to help your staff, to help your opticians, to really navigate those plans. Um, so what I've found is that practices spend so much time, you know, like we talked about, just complaining about it, but not really yep. doing much. And you've yes. got to put a plan in place. And you're going to be more motivated to do it once you see the numbers of why you should. Um, because so, yeah. so one of the other things, Jess, that that I, you know, you and I have talked a lot about, especially when we were in, you know, Albany um, last month, kind of giving parallel talks on on medical um, plans and medical billing, and also vision plans and vision billing. And one of the things I think really drives our profession mad is when they feel like they're not being appropriate reimbursed, re appropriately reimbursed for services that they're providing. And one of the things I actually think leads to discontent with vision plans is when doctors try to do too much with them. You know, they they instead of you you know um, providing the patient the services that are intended to be provided through that plan they try to do everything on that plan and what winds up happening is they they do let they they're um they get frustrated because they think they're trying to be nice quote unquote or mm -hmm. or you know be aware of what the you know the, what the patient might be going through you know financially and then they just try to dump everything on a vision plan because it's quote unquote easier uh, is is there any is there anything that you've kind of experienced with that, or, or is that just my read that's that's um, may or may not be accurate? No, I think that's really true, and I also think about our optical staff, you know, who you know are doing. I mean, they are they're killing themselves out there with these plans. And if if you are listening and you're a doctor, you know, to this podcast, I would encourage you to go out and just try take a stab at an IMED plan. You know, just take a stab at mm. it, try to figure that out for a few minutes. 
and understand the true, you know, agony that your staff have to go through. So your staff are going through, you know, this jumping through all of these hoops, and then they're sitting across from someone who's saying, you know what, I, you know, I'm strapped on expenses, or I've, you know, whatever their situation is, because our optician truly, at least in my experience and, and what I've seen in my own practice that I was in, and then across the country, you know, they know our patients. They know them just as well as our doctors know the patients. And mm-hmm. this patient may have been coming in for 20 years. And, you know, you don't want to oversell. You don't want to give someone something that they don't need. But at the end of the day, you know, and something you said to me in Albany has, has really resonated is we are in the room when the patient picks the plan that they have. So whether mm-hmm. it's the medical plan or the vision plan, we're not in the room educating them on a higher deductible versus a lower deductible a vision plan from, you know, vision plan A to vision plan B, we're not there educating that patient. So when they come into our doors, we we aren't really held responsible for what that plan ties them to. And I'm using air quotes, I know you can't see my fingers, but ties them to, that's not <laughs> our, you know, that's not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to give the patient the very best visual solution and health solution that we possibly can, period. And- right. You know, Dr. Lee, going back to my lead eye care days in practice, um, because I struggled with that. I was like, it's really hard for me to imagine selling someone a $1,200 pair of glasses. You know, I can't afford that. How can I possibly ask someone to do that? And he said, pretend everything's free. If everything were free, regardless of a vision care patient, vision plan patient, cash pay patient, what would you give them? And the answer is the mm-hmm. very best. So we've got to start, you know, recommending the very best solutions. And then the good news is that a vision plan does save them money. So we need to, rather than fighting the plan and saying, oh, well, it's because of your plan. And it's okay to blame the plan for certain things. That's okay. Um, especially mm-hmm. the really crappy ones, like if we're being honest. Um, but, you know, the, the ones that we see the majority of being, you know, VSP and IMED. You know, we need to position ourselves in a way that's positive to the patient because that patient is paying money for that plan. So we don't need right. to look like we're in an argument with that plan. We need to say the good news is you've got a great vision plan that's going to save you a lot of money. Typically, this pair of glasses would have cost you $1,200 today, Dr. Wolf. The good news is, again, that plan came into play. You only owe $400. That's a total savings of $800. When right. we present it that way, it doesn't sound so salesy. It doesn't sound so pushed on to a patient. And then they feel like they're, they truly maximize their plan that we've looked out for them in their best interest, which is what we're wanting to do because we're giving them the best solutions. So rather than blame you know, I the always, plan, you know, we've got to figure yeah. out a better way. Yeah. I always find it interesting. Like when we look at our, our reviews online, um, when people, uh, have, you know, we'll review, you know, we'll look at our reviews for, for other people as well, just kind of comparing what we're doing and making sure that we're kind of, obviously our reviews are good. Um, and, uh, what always amazes me is when, when we get comments on how, um, you know, when we understand the patient's plan, or even when we look at some other people where we'll look at negative comments that they didn't understand the, their plan. And, and that was actually not a bad reflection on the plan itself. It was a reflection on on the office. So, yeah. So by, you know, you can say all you want to that, hey, it's your plan. You need to understand the the benefits and and drawbacks of that plan. But the patients expect us to understand it. 
And, um, and so the, the practices that, des- that decide to invest the time and the resources to understand it and implement them well, uh, I think will not only serve their patients' interests the best, but, but they will reflect positively in the community as well. Oh, absolutely. And, and there's so much more confidence when you know what you're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. you know, if, in fact, when I was an optician, if I didn't understand a plan, I found somebody in the practice that did because I felt like I couldn't, I couldn't even form a sentence to this patient because I felt so bogged down with a calculator and a pen and pencil or a pen and paper, you know, that instead yeah. I'd rather yeah. get someone who can speak to it. That's confident because the patient feels better too. Um, so yeah, it's, it's well, well, so- the patient perception. Okay, so then tell me, Jess, how um, so right now as you're um, working on some of these other solutions, we're, I'm excited to talk about kind of if you if you'll if you'll let us talk about kind of your future vision yeah. for where things will go. I'd love to talk about that, but first, let's talk about what we have available to us right now. If uh, if I'm a doctor and I've decided I want to, you know, I've, I've kind of assessed that this is a part of my practice that I want to perform better in. Um, give me give me some some resources. What have you developed, and what has Vision Source developed to to make my job easier? Uh, where should I go to look for some of that? So the first thing to do is to go on to Insight. So go on to Insight, join some of the groups. Um, there are tons of great groups. It's kind of like Facebook. So first, if you're not familiar with Insight, let me take a step back. Please reach out to your practice performance director. Reach out to Doctor Wolf. Reach out to somebody. Mm-hmm and get on insight. Um, the second thing is join those groups and then be active in Vision Source Live and ask questions, be engaged and ask questions. We do have posted on insight under the practice management area, some maximizing managed vision care plan um, webinars and some, some PDFs and that sort of thing there. They are a little bit older. I'll be the first to admit that. We are looking at updating those. Um, I am anticipating some changes um, this year with some managed vision care plans. So that's a, another reason. I don't want to say I'm dragging my feet, but we will update them. Um, so just, okay. just so that, you know, they are still relevant, but the packages have changed. So whenever you look at okay. the can I ask you? Uh-huh. Can I ask you real quick? Um, is there a, like two or three? I'd like to put links in the show notes, but any two or three uh, specific groups in Insight that you really like for well, digging you- deeper? You put me on the spot. Um, you know, off the top Sorry. of my head. No, it's okay. Um, I should have been a little more prepared on knowing what those are off the top of my head. But I know no, there's No, you a, can email them to me. That's yeah, fine. Okay. I definitely will. I know there's yeah, a management one and yep. um there is an, an insurance and billing one, but I couldn't tell you the exact name. But I will. Okay. Well, yeah, <laughs> if you want to email them, uh, I'll just put them in notes. So so sorry, I, I interrupted no, you. Okay. Um so you were talking about some of the updates that you think will be there. Um mm-hmm. But in general, it's still, there's still a very good resource. Absolutely. So the resources are still there. Um, they're still relevant. It's just that you need to make sure that you're looking at the newest bundles if you're using our elite vendor. So if you're using the okay. elite vendor of Essilor, those bundles have been updated. So Dr. Pete Kehoe did a phenomenal job on some webinars. They're also printable as a PDF. And then there are several mm-hmm. other PDFs around framework management with maximizing your managed vision care plans in your practice tools that are just there. So that's a great place to start, but it's also kind of like WebMD. You know, you you have a fever and you get on there and suddenly you've diagnosed yourself with something you definitely don't have. So take it, you know, take baby steps, make sure you have kind of a plan when you're going into Insight. 
um, just in general. So if, you're, if your goal is to understand VSP better first, take one bite at a time. Start with understanding VSP by going to that practice management page. Just watch the VSP webinar. Just pull, you know, the VSP relevant information. Because again, if you try to digest the Spectera and you try to digest IMED, you just, it's decision paralysis. You don't know where to start. So yep. have, have a plan going in there. Um, and that's another thing that I find practices that just, they get overwhelmed because they assume all managed vision care plans are the same. They're, they're not, you know, they, they have a lot of the same, uh, roots, you know, fundamentals are, are very similar, but they do operate different. So don't, you know, don't try to do everything all at once. Just take one bite at a time. And I promise you will see positive change in your staff and in your, your practice numbers, um, and then start to make more changes into the other, the other plans. So I would start with that practice so, management area of insight. And if you, if you were going to tackle one at a time, can you give our listeners kind of a time frame that you would expect if you're kind of devoting some of your efforts? Is it a month? Is it a couple months per plan to try to get better at and, and be more efficient at? I would give yourself at least a month. So mm-hmm. the first thing, you know, when it comes to evaluating, let's just say you're taking VSP, I would go into your optical and hopefully everybody understands the reference here of Marie Kondo. Mm-hmm. She's, you know, on Netflix, basically what she goes in and does is she cleans out. She tells you to get rid of the things that don't bring you joy. So go in and look <laughs> for those optical reference books and, um, you know, look to see if they are the most up-to-date. You know, do you have the most up-to-date VSP enhancement charts? Do you have the most up-to-date rebates and bundles that are in those books? And if you don't, you need to Marie Kondo that and make sure it's cleaned out so that you (laughs) have the most relevant information in front of your team so that they're working with exactly what they need to be working with and not getting bogged down with a hundred pages of stuff that doesn't make sense anymore. Um, And then again, putting a plan in place and track it. So cleaning house may only take a day. And you think, okay, well, I've done that. Now I can move on to the next thing. No, no, no. You've got to track it. So then I would track it and monitor it. I would pull weekly, um, you know, weekly reports, pull weekly patients, um, you know, eligibilities, and then look to see what was submitted. Look at the explanation of payment. Reconcile each one of those. You know, do at least one a week on at least one staff member a week so that you're doing, mm. you're truly auditing yourself because Again, if you don't see where you're making mistakes, you can't change anything. So just because you updated your optical reference book doesn't mean everything magically changes. You've got to see where the, there are opportunities and you've got to truly audit yourself and start. There are also coaching opportunities there, too. If you've got one staff member that constantly misses the backside UV, you know, that's the staff mm-hmm. member you talk to about, okay, Jessica, you've, mm-hmm. you've missed this on the last four weeks that we've done this. What can I do to help you? To remember to do this and that's mm-hmm. you know the, that adds up um so those well, are the i mean that's, that's the, the time that's the yeah i think that's kind of the interesting part is that you know uh when you go in and work with practices on this are you finding that um people are missing kind of the easy stuff or is it some of the more complex stuff or is it just sort of this whole the whole mix of things what have you noticed i think it's a mix of things um and it depends on the practice and it depends on the staff. So a lot of variables there um, depends on how new the vision plan is to the practice. So 
you know, there are so many different pieces, so many moving parts to vision plans and a practice itself. It's hard to pinpoint exactly where it is. There are some constants, though, that I see missed all the time. And those are just simply mm -hmm. miscalculating. What are some of those? Yeah. Um, miscalculating copays. So, for example, IMED, you know, IMED um, is the one, again, everybody loves to hate because they don't just say, okay, this progressive is $100. Instead, they do 80% of usual customary, less $120 allowance, plus a $90 copay. So if you mm -hmm. look at your staff, you're like, I'm doing algebra all day. You know, this is not fun. Right. It's not easy. I want to, I want to fit classes, you know? Um, so I see those just, just being miscalculated. Instead of taking the 20% off, they're taking the allowance off first. And then they're, at, it's just a, a backwards, mm. you know, just missing things as far as the calculation. So that's being the first one. The second, just downright missing a copay. So not knowing mm -hmm. that you need to charge for backside UV, not knowing that you need to charge on IMED, for example, grooved rimless, not knowing your chargeback schedule, you know, and, and just in general. So missing the calculations, missing general copays. And then the last thing I would say is that we're just not educated enough in how to talk to the plans, to the patient. And Instead of saying, again, using that scenario that we started with, you know, Dr. Wolf, typically this pair of glasses would have cost you $1,200. Today, they're only $400. That's a savings of $800. Yes, that mm -hmm. takes more work for us to do the calculations because not only do we have to line item every single one of those to be able to know what each one of those pieces are for your usual and customary as well as your vision plan. But we do that line item game with patients and then the patient's you know, it becomes a hostage negotiation. And the patients are like, right. well, what is that $10 for? What is that $50 for? Let's just take that off. And we're no longer right. providing the visual solution. Instead, we're playing this back and forth game. And that's just where we're failing the patient and we're failing the vision plan and in terms of profitability. So start mm -hmm. with the best, know what your bundles are, pull them together, add that up. We're doing the same math over and over every day. Um, you look at a VSP plan, that's VSP signature or it's choice most of the time and do, do the mouth once for each of them. And then if somebody has something fully covered, guess what? You get to hit the minus button for a change. You know, those right. things can be done quickly to help your staff to be much more efficient and have those effective conversations. So yeah, those are the, the big hot buttons. I would say the top three, um, that I see everywhere. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, um, you know, you, you're operating on such a, you know, in general, you're operating on such a thin, thin margin that if you're missing those things, it can wind up costing you over time a significant amount. And, um, and so I like your idea of, <clears throat> you know, sort of calculating the common things that, that you're using. One of the challenges, and you and I have talked about this again in Albany, we've talked about it multiple times, <laughs> but, you know, is this idea that, we have these bundles available to us, which match premium products for patients' uh, needs that allow them to function as best as they can visually in all of these different ranges. And there's also, you know, products that are bundled in for patients that have different price ranges as well, if price comes into that. Mm -hmm. And yet, what was the number that, that you mentioned of, of vision source practices that are actually taking advantage of those bundles? Are you sure? Are you ready to hear how 
how sad yeah, this is. I, yeah, no, <laughs> I prepared or you yeah. sitting down. Um, yes. 36% utilization of the packages in 2018. So, yeah. So every time I hear that, I think, okay, well, 2017 was just a shade above 30%. So we've made some movement, but it seems like, um, first, I think what the whole goal is, is, is that to me, when I'm going to calculate a, um, you know, something that's kind of a standard, whether, what you know, with, with what's commonly thought of as uh, better and best or good, better, best, right? If I'm going to allow um, this, the utilization of um, three or two or three different options um, for patients as kind of our base, that's our standard. Where I think um, a lot of practices, if, if only 36% of practices are, are utilizing that, then um, there's this huge availability for us to to grow and and serve our patients through the simplification process, and yet so few of us are are using that simplification process, and that simplification process benefits the patient because it makes them it makes premium products more available to them and more cost effective in many of these options, mm-hmm. um, and also uh, it allows uh, if we're simplifying it for the patient, and we can also simplify our processes as well then it would seem to me that those calculations that you're talking about are really two to three calculations per payer that sort of serve as your standard. And once you set those, then it's it's only a, a deviation from them, as you said, as they're subtracted. So mm-hmm. it really seems to me that it's it's like setting that standard and then knowing when you're deviating from that standard. And you know, what do you think the biggest pushback is from that? I think it's, we get mixed. We just get so overwhelmed. We being the opticians and the management staff, you know, we get so overwhelmed with the patient's plans and the variations in plans that we say it's just not that easy. But the reality is, is that it, it is just that easy. So if you take the, if you go to Insight, go to the vendor page, go to SOR, Labs of America, then go to the documents tab. And don't worry, I'll send all of this to you in, email, in an email as well as far as the okay. steps. Thanks. Um, there is a PDF that's the 2019 game plan. So on page seven of that PDF, it actually gives us all of our managed vision care rebates. So when I say it is just that easy, start with that as a template and you can do something as simple as print that page and white out where it says rebate value. And what you can mm-hmm. do is on the managed vision care jobs group one, that's VSP. So if you look at those lens designs, the Verilux X fit or the Verilux Physio W3 plus fit, that is an N. So N is in Nancy in category for VSP. The N category mm-hmm. is the highest profit category of progressives you can, you can give a patient. So if you look at it, that's your very best progressive for their visual needs and very best for your profit. So that's why it's at the top. Mm-hmm. The icing on the cake is that you get the very best rebate too. So I would look mm. at that and go, okay, make yourself a note. That's the end category. Then you say, okay, if it's a signature plan, what is the end category copay? If it is a choice plan, what is the end category copay? Write it, write it down mm-hmm. right there. And then if you go over to the next column where it's with the Corzal Avance, Sapphire, 360 UV, or Provencia, those are all a category D. So D is in dog. That's easy. It's mm-hmm. one copay. Put it on there. Make sure you add in that backside UV and write that down for signature and choice. So you've got a total for each one of those columns. 
for signature and one for choice. Then you go down yep. to the next line, do the same thing. So your X design or your Physio W3 plus, not the fit, but just the designs themselves. That's the category O. And if you go one step down to the Comfort W2 plus, that's the category F. So F is in Frank. But if you look at that in O and F, those are the only three categories that you will receive a rebate on. And they're the top three most profitable categories for VSP, for a progressive. So start by and they're, that. And they're the best lenses that the patient have access to as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're providing yeah. the best care and you're getting the, the very best possible profit. If you, um, if you remember back on our Albany trip and then also some of the meetings that I know mm -hmm. that you've sat in on too, um, we've just heard so many times from our elite vendor that the reason that we're missing those rebates though are because of, of not getting the right material. So that final step yep. is making sure that you are in a polycarbonate or better material. And that's in the fine print. So everybody wants to complain about it, but it is there. It is there for us. If you don't like poly, yep. go to Trivex. You know, it, I mean, it's so, yep. so much easier. Just do not do plastic. That's what, that's really the message that they're sending. So use that as your template to just do the math. And then if a patient has something fully covered, you've already bundled it together. You've broken out how much each one of those would cost. Just subtract out that dollar amount. If let's just say the anti-reflective were fully covered, you get to back out that amount for signature or choice. But otherwise, mm -hmm. it's already been bundled for you. So you already know how much to charge the patient for a BSP plan. It's that easy. Yeah. And then, yeah, and, and you know, so I, I know there's a lot of them, you know, a lot of docs that are using our elite vendor, but but really for the ones that that have chosen not to for whatever reason, um, they could do the same thing. I mean, they could figure out what what um, what is what is their lens of choice that they like in in sort of a in an N, a D, and an O category, and um, and position it that way for their patients. It doesn't have to just be what that elite vendor is. Now, there's a lot of benefits, obviously, in using that elite vendor. But for whatever reason, if they decide not to, they could do the same process. Absolutely. And I, I say that all the time. You know, as far as what what lens choice that you go with, that is completely up to the practice. Um, I start with the elite vendor because they've, they've mapped it out for us. But if you don't Absolutely. want to use them, that's okay. Then use, use them, but in a different way, right? So use the game yep. plan but put in your favorite players. So take take their structure, take their roster and put in your favorite players in there instead. Because what they've done is truly helped you to maximize the vision plans right there by telling you, without telling you, it's the top categories yep. for the materials, for the anti-reflectives, for the progressives and so on. IMED gets a little more complicated, but what you can do, and um, Dr. Jeff Crone out in California, I um, I, I have so much respect for him because he really helped me to realize, you know, yes, there are 2,600 variations of IMED plans. I'm going to pause mm. for a second because that Holy takes cow. a minute to sink in. 2,600 variations of the way the plans are written. But at the end wow. of the day, your practice may only see 10 of those variations. Out of those 10, mm. you're probably only seeing three to five consistently. So you just mm -hmm. need to know who those those employers are that are giving IMED as the plan for their employees. So for his practice, for example, and I could be wrong in my memory here, but I think it's pretty close. It was a hospital 
the school in the city. So he was able to identify by employer, he knew those patients, who they were. So he took a plan for one of those patients for each one of those employers and said, okay, that plan never changes for that employer and for that whole mm -hmm. family. So he did the same thing that I just talked about with the VSP. He packaged four of those plans for IMED. And then he said for the other seven that we see in our practice that we just don't see that much. I'm just going to help my staff to know which tier each one of these products fall in. So at least they have a reference. So at least they know what to look for on the patient eligibility, but it is still mm -hmm. possible. You know, it, it, it takes a little bit more work on the IMED side because you have to do a little bit more homework, but you can mm -hmm. tackle the monster and you can make more money. Well, and I that. think, and I think the, yeah, I think, and it also, again, comes back to, you know, we're talking about kind of some of the financial aspects of it for the practice, but you know, it, it helps you take better care of patients because if you understand their benefits and you can communicate those benefits effectively in conjunction with communicating the benefits of, you know, a premium progressive lens for them, then it, it translates into to them utilizing those benefits to the maximum Completely. as opposed to just kind of fumbling around for, for what you're trying to, to grasp at for that patient. And, um, and so I, you know, I also think like updating, you know, a lot of times it's a lot of work on the front and I, I deal with this all the time when we're helping um, practices with billing and coding. It's, it's doing a lot of stuff on the front end and then doing this kind of periodic stuff, you know, not even that often, but every six to 12 months where you're just devoting, you know, instead of this, you know, sitting down, it's not going to be 10 hours every single time you no. go through it. It might be 10 hours at first. But then when you, once you get a handle on it and you do it, you know, every six months and you're sort of modifying and fine tuning, it doesn't take a lot of time. And so it was just doing it that first time that that's usually daunting. Absolutely. And whenever I started really researching in this position, how long it takes in that optical transaction with a managed vision plan patient. Mm. So that conversation, do you want to take any guesses on how many minutes that typically takes in the practice? Mm. Uh, 20, 20 minutes. Close. Um, I don't know. That's a guess. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get, I'm going to say close to be kind, but 12 minutes was actually, <laughs> wasn't that bad. Okay. Um, so 12 minutes was actually the average that I saw as far uh -huh. as what I call the hostage negotiation, that back and forth with the vision plan conversation with the patient, mm -hmm. because the optician, again, you go back to that big old binder, they're flipping through, they've got a calculator next to them, a pen and paper. They're crunching numbers mm -hmm. and that patient, just for a minute, think of how that patient feels. You know, they see the lack of confidence that that optician has in themselves. They're scratching out numbers. They're hitting the clear button a hundred times on the calculator. And I joke about it because I did it. You know, I'm poking fun mm -hmm. at myself here. Um, you know, and so you think about now all the things that are going to the patient's mind. They're thinking, man, I just drove past a billboard that said I could get two pairs of glasses for $99, yep. you know, just down the road. So why am I sitting here yeah. watching this person struggle? So it takes about 12 minutes of that whole, you know, struggle, that, that hostage negotiation to go back and forth. But if you have a game plan in place, you can cut that time down to three to five minutes, including the frame selection. Hmm. So it, I mean, it, some people look at me like I'm absolutely crazy, but if you've actually done the math, like you said, on the front end, it takes some time. You have to know what plans are coming through your practice. 
You have to know what types mm -hmm. of eye med plans specifically are coming through your practice. And you have to get your hands on them. Then you have to do all the math, all the calculations, double check your own work, make sure you've done it right. And then yep. put, put it all in a, you know, whether it's a spreadsheet or if you're not an Excel person, get out a pen and paper and just write it down. You know, make yourself some boxes or take that, that PDF that I'd mentioned and white out, you know, that last column and say, this is what the patient owes if it's a signature plan. Make another copy. This is what the patient owes if it's a choice plan. Make another copy. Yep. This is the patient if it's an IMED plan for, you know, the city or for the county or for whoever it is. Because that's going to cut down on that time. And then the frame portion of it, go and pick the frames for the patient. Have it, have a conversation that's needs based with that patient. And then go pick out the frames and bring them to the patient because you're the expert. That's yeah. where we, I think we fail our patients because we spend so much time doing the math and flipping through these reference books. And then we let the animals out of the zoo because we're exhausted by that point. Right. So we just say, you know right. what, let's, let's, whew, you know, let's get up and let's do some shopping. Well, then you spend yep. an hour with frames. So it really, we're not helping the patient in that way at all. And we're definitely not helping the, the practice's bottom line. So once yeah. we become more yeah. efficient, yeah. you know, by putting that plan in place, it takes time to your point. It takes yeah. time, but it is so worth it. So, you know, I, I you, you made the, the reference to the two for, you know, 99 or whatever, you know, I, I, I just believe that, you know, at some point patients, when, when they are seeing all that fumbling, especially when, when you have, and we know the differences between what we can offer in our practices and the services we can offer in our practices versus what people can get um, remotely online. But, um, but that transaction is, is very quick. And if there is no insurance involved, then even though they're getting inferior products and inferior fits, all those sorts of things, it, it's it's easy. You know, they select this, they select that, or actually they're deselecting it themselves, um, and then um, and then they get a, a number at the end. And um, and so yeah, we're fumbling through things. We need a better way. So what you propose is absolutely a better way. But wouldn't it be nice, Jess, if we had something? That was a vision source exclusive tool that would allow us to go through and and be able to have those things as a drop down menu that's customized for us. That would be great, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was a nice that was a nice lead in. So that's one of my goals for this year. Um, as you're as you're aware, we've discussed it um, that you know it, it's a pain point in every practice, and I've given you some ideas of how to do it but it's still a pretty big undertaking. So mm -hmm. what we're trying to do, um, what I'm working to do right now is with our IT team. And then we also have some um, website developers that are also, you know, we're in the process of trying to figure out how can we make this user experience for the optician and then also mm. a view for the patient. So how do we make this as transparent as we can? Because that's one thing that consumers, yep. not just patients, but consumers want is transparency. So how can we make it transparent, but also make it so that our opticians can answer the questions efficiently by the plan and make sure that we're getting the patient the very best value for their plan and that sort of a thing. So we are in the process of doing that, um, you know, and I'm super excited about it. So I don't want to say too, too much as far as what a time. Well, I'll, I'll, tell, I'll, yeah. I'll say it. I, I was super excited when you showed me the protocol or, or the, the prototype. 
Um, I think I probably scanned through it for two or three minutes and I said, this is a game changer, Jess. I think this is awesome. So uh, I, I think you know what you're working on, um, assuming that we can kind of refine it to do all the IT stuff that you want, and I, I know you can, um, is going to be ama- an amazing resource. Well, it makes me just wish, you know, I really wish that I could use it again in a practice. And so it's been yeah. fun, you know, talking to you and talking to, you know, some other doctors and also optician friends that I have to say, okay, how can, it's not, I'm, I'm out of the game. I've been out of the game for almost 10 years, you know, or I guess not that mm. long, five years or more. And so I'm like, I need the people that are going to have their hands dirty in this to give me raw, true feedback. Yeah. And everyone has said, you know, something very similar that there were just minor tweaks as far as how the questions are asked or how we position it for the patient. But at the end of the day, if it saves time, if it's best for the patient, if we're able to, you know, truly help the practice to not just survive, but to thrive through these plans, because we're just going to see more and more of them with each Mm -hmm. year that passes, um, you know, how can we make that experience better? And, you know, one, one thing that I had as a manager is I remember having staff turnover in my practice because they said, this is just too hard. It is just simply Mm -hmm. too hard. And, you know, they tell me that they'd leave and they would be mentally exhausted because they did algebra all day and they were Mm. chasing patients around their optical, you know, trying to do a million things at once. And for me, I go back to Jessica, you know, back in that that first practice of going, man, this (laughs) would have made my life so much easier because think about the training, you know, for a staff member and, and onboarding and retention, you know, of your team. It is about so many different things that we want to accomplish. So I want to make sure that with this tool that we do it right. So that means sometimes it takes a little bit, a little bit of time. Um, I am. A, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I really want to just turn it on and just say, okay, now tell me what's wrong with it. But the last yep. thing that I uh, want is to, you know, have it not quite ready. So the goal is to, you know, to have a rollout, um, late this year or early next year. So we're definitely. It seems like a long time to me that that may not even be long enough, but we are working our tails off to make sure. Well, I think, I, you know, I think the the more I get in, in, in some, I, I, sometimes the more I see some of the, the way that things work, it really is. I mean, it winds up being to the benefit of, of everybody when things do take a little bit longer. And so you think, okay, well, we're going to start doing this and then you bounce it off, ideas off of all these other people that are really, I mean, they're great thinkers. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then they come back, it's like, oh, wow. All right. Well, I thought I thought of everything, but this is something I hadn't thought about. Right. And, um, and, you know, just the different perspectives we have within Vision Source to help kind of help us guide, uh, help guide us and help um, kind of refine our, our perspective. And, um, and some of the tools that we have, I think it, it's only to the benefit. And that does slow things down a little bit. But it also perfects it so you can um, know that it's going to be a great resource. Right. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, excited about it. I'm I am so excited. I actually relate it to uh, my marriage. I I joke, you know, a lot about it. I say, well, it took (laughs) took my husband four years to propose to me, which seems like the (laughs) longest four years. But, you know, our marriage is perfect. It's wonderful. We have a honeymoon baby on the way. I mean, like, it could not be better. It's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. And that's what I want this tool to be. I want I want to deliver to Vision Source a honeymoon baby. You know, I want to be yeah. able to say, this is, I know we've waited, and I know it's been a struggle, and I know there are times when you cried yourself to sleep at night, but you know what? 
there's that <laughs> not even baby, right? And that's really yep. what, what I think we're gonna going to accomplish with this. Um, and I'm I'm excited. Yeah, it's great. Good stuff. Just um, so I, I want to be respectful of your time. Is there anything else that that you think um, you know that we definitely should discuss tonight, uh, or or have we kind of covered all the things that um, that you think are really relevant to today's optometrist in the trenches no, I and optician? Think, yeah, I think um, I think we've gone over the big things. You know, just really familiarize yourself with if you're using the elite vendor with how they've set up that PDF. If you're not using the elite vendor, use that as your game plan and, or, you know, as I put it before, kind of, you know, your plan, and then you put in your own roster of players, um, mm -hmm. put it, put it to use, make it work for your practice, get to know that because it was built, take out the rebate value, you know, take out that rebate side of it. It truly is built for what's best for the patient, what's best for the practice, the rebate. If you're using the elite vendors, just the you know, cherry on top. And then Marie Kondo, your optical, go through and get rid of what you don't need because it just gets in your way. The patient loses, you know, confidence in your team when they're fiddling with things. Um, and if you can, I know it's hard and everybody usually squirms when I say it, but get rid of the calculators. Get rid of the calculators. When I go, you know, to buy anything and somebody pulls out a calculator, I immediately go, yeah. oh my gosh, why are you hitting the plus button so many times? I just would yeah. rather go where I can get to for $99 because it's easier. So those are, you know, my, my final tips, but I think we covered a ton of stuff. Um, and please, please reach out to, you know, for those that are listening, reach out to Dr. Wolf, reach out to me, reach out to your practice performance director, your member service center, you know, person, please reach out to us. You have a whole team of people that want you to be successful, whether it's managed vision care or not. Um, obviously that's where my passion is, but you know, you've got people that, that are cheering you on that want to see you that want to see you soar. They want to see you succeed. So please, please use and abuse us. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Jess, thanks for being on tonight. Um, I really appreciate it. I think it was very valuable and um, excited to do this again. Yeah, well, thank you and have a wonderful evening. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely on on board for if you want to do have another conversation more in depth on something. I'm, I'm in.